the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So what does a spirit-filled life look like? What does it not look like? Well, from God's Word, we'll examine those questions and answers next, right here on Truth For Today. Join us. The Spirit-Filled Life. Uh, many misconceptions as to what that looks like, and depending on the church you go to, you'll get a different answer. But from God's Word, we have a sure foundation to lean on, trust in, and rest in. And that's what we do today as we continue with our series, This Is Your God. We're meeting the Holy Spirit today from a biblical perspective. What does a Spirit-filled life look like? Let's examine Scripture together and come away with some solid answers, shall we? Here's our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. What do we need young Christians to find out? They just got to know there's a life in the Spirit, and then when the life is just yielded to the Spirit, they've got to know, hear me well, I I don't think we say this, Uh, conservatives don't say it very much. We act like the Holy Spirit life is an anemic life and you still may be enslaved to sin. That is nowhere taught in the New Testament. You find me the verse and to quote my old prof, I'll eat the page it's written on. He didn't say, he saved you to forever be defeated. Saved to forever be frustrated. I'm living the frustrated Christian life. Won't you join me? It's never taught that way. And this is the Apostle Paul and the the epistles. Oh, believers sin. Believers have to get right. That is not the norm. That's not their pattern. Their pattern is they are spirit people. And a power greater than themselves is delivering them from sin and from all. It's the grace of God. God's working by a a new motive. You know, as I uh, heard him sing today, uh, when I looked up, I I thought of... uh, Charles, as he soloed today, and by his own testimony, he was a homeless person and wound up in a rescue mission and got saved. As I looked at that man today, I thought, what a marvelous work the Spirit of God's done in Charles. Uh, When I look up in the worship team, of course, I'm often moved by Denise's uh, testimony. I I know her testimony. I I mean... uh, uh, today, a man prayed in a prayer meeting with us, and uh, after the prayer meeting, he said something like this. He said, I cannot believe that I was in a prayer meeting with my pastors today. He said, three years ago, I'd be checking my bet on the game. Three years ago, I'd be checking this sin. This co- and today, I'm on my knees enjoying a prayer meeting. How can this be? It's called the spirit life. It's called meeting a new master. We'll look at that next week. But you can get blessed now anyway. Believers are told to walk in the spirit. 
uh, to be guided by the Spirit. He said the sons of God are guided by the Spirit of God. Notice that in Romans 8. And and that's a big uh, discussion. How does God guide you? Voices, indigestion, how? I mean, how do you know when he's really guiding you? Uh, You know, uh, we we had a great uh, staff meeting. uh, Last week it was. I had uh, Pastor Rollins found a great opportunity to slam us against the wall, and he never misses an opportunity to bless us. And uh, we, we, we were talking about God's will, how God leads you, and this type thing. And, and I made a, a remark like this. I said, well, don't you kind of feel like Mr. Magoo going through life? That's where I feel. That I, I'm just walking through life, and oops, and he said, you'll be dead. And oh, boom, they just caught him, and, and that. And, and I said that about myself, and my wife relished it. She just thought, Yeah. I found someone you like. That's it. And, and you know, that, that is, or Peter Wells, or whoever the guy is. I don't say Clouseau right, so I don't know who he is. But he's a pink panther, something like that. You know, and, and so, boom. And, and you just say, how does the guy get through? And so Carolyn's relishing this, and he said, you know, Carolyn, when you, when you join in like that, that makes you the wife of Mr. Magoo. <laughs> and we had a great... We had a great laugh. You know, you just nailed that thing good. And, you know, I have to say about guidance, you know, some of us have made only rocket scientists figure out the will of God. How did dumb sheep figure it out? The main way I know is they love the shepherd. And they stay real close to him. And they stay close enough that when he says, Bah, you... Come over here. Come here, Magoo. Sheep. Pink Panther sheep. Come here. And I'm over here. It's his word that guides me. I just read a verse and I pray about it. And and sometimes I've made a decision that would have taken me that way, but I was loving him when I made the wrong choice. And you know what? You wouldn't believe it. I wound up over here anyway. I didn't wind up on the right path because I, ooh, I just figured it out with some spiritual Ouija board. Oh, yes. No, no. No, the Spirit of God is guiding his children. Listen to this in verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature. Hear it. You have no obligation to sin. You see it? Look at it. You have no obligation. I just have to do it. No, you don't. Well, uh, you don't know my family. Oh, I don't want to know them. <laughs> the Bible's greater than your family tree. The Word of God is greater than an alcoholic father. The Word of God's greater than an abusive parent or a parent that wasn't even there. God starts with you fresh and clean. He's doing something with you. And it's not contingent on all that background, all that stuff. We come from a poison race, poisoned in the Garden of Eden. All of our families have got dysfunction and sin. What do you think we are? We were born to sinners. Let's quit buying books on dysfunction and just say we're dysfunctional. That's what sinners, we don't function like God made us. 
For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And that's not some are led. This is the, the, one of the sonship privileges. Led by the Spirit of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. I, I think uh, Pastor Rollins has taught the will of God, and many of you have read maybe Gary Friesen. There's, there are great principles to discern God's will according to his word. He's going to always guide you to do what the word says, and we need wisdom. But you just got to know this. Uh, before Friesen ever wrote a book or you ever read Romans, God just guides his people. He holds them accountable for sound judgment and right decisions. I'm just saying you get the benefit even if you're Mr. Magoo and you're not sure of the right thing. God has delivered his people from so many wrong choices where the heart was right and the choice was wrong. He's able to get Mr. Magoo through. That almost can make a song. Mr. Magoo through. Yeah. Boy, I hope no one's buying these tapes. John MacArthur, so the crowd gets this, I'm done for. Uh, uh, spirit-filling empowerment, we'll, we'll come to that later. And then I think a few weeks back, I touched on the, the anointing ministry of the Spirit. We usually make the anointing in First John, the, the Holy Spirit. We have no designated person in the passage, but... Uh, the anointing ministry of the Spirit enables the believer to be illumined in the inner man, to discern and discover the great truths about knowing Jesus Christ and knowing his riches. Let's start the journey. Let's go to Ephesians 1. We have men meeting in my office. Uh, we're not boycotting the 530 prayer meeting. We just uh, got men from Timothy and some deacons and elders have prayed in uh, our, the offices on Sunday night, Sunday morning. And uh, some men are learning to pray. And when you don't know how to pray, you're tired of your prayers, why don't you follow an apostolic prayer? Now, if, if God was going to send Paul here to pray for you, you know what Paul would pray? Uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of people pray, I have a good marriage. I, I, there's no place in the New Testament they ever prayed that prayer. It's nice to have. He told you how to have it, but they never prayed for it. Ephesians 5, just start treating her right, and you'll probably get a better marriage. And if she'll just start submitting to everything you say. No, you know, whatever. No, just, <laughs> just a test, just a test. Uh, it, you know, I mean, it tells you how to live together and running right on for safety reasons. Um, Carolyn's teaching children tonight, so I can say that. Look at verse 15. One fifteen. Paul's going to pray. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I would say, start thanking God for whatever local church God joins you to, as a community of saints, as a colony of saints. Here Paul's thanking God for them. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, May give you the spirit, the Holy Spirit of wisdom. Some would make that a small s. But give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know him better. 
I pray that the Spirit in you would help you to know Christ better. I'm praying that. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul says, I pray that you be illumined by the Spirit, that you figure out three things. Your hope, your riches, and God's power. Let me ask you, have you been dwelling upon the riches of the inheritance of God among the saints? Are you being illumined to that? Have you just been chewing on that? Just take one day, maybe, and just start rehearsing all the riches you have now that you're in this divine family. Jesus is your elder brother. God's your father. What all did you inherit when you became a believer? Paul is praying, I would that God would illuminate the will to you. The will and the testament. So you knew how rich you really are. And you wouldn't be tempted to go to hog pens when you see how much you've been given to sons. I pray that you could see it. (laughs) Then... I wish that you could see the hope of your calling. I wish you could see the things in the future connected to your calling and salvation. You see, it's, you haven't got it all yet. We have the now, not yet s- syndrome. We've got some stuff now, but we're not yet there. I've got some of my inheritance. I've got the ceiling work of the spirit. I've got a down payment, but I haven't got the whole house yet. He said, I would that God could illumine your heart and enlighten you with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and turn on all the lights. And you're over here drowning in your trial. You're drowning in a difficult marriage, difficult finances, difficult job, difficult health, difficult age. Something's not just right and it will always be that way. In this life, there will always be one missing piece of the component. Just to keep you nervous about being in this world. He said, I wish you Ephesian believers could see all the future things tied to that calling to salvation. That when you receive Christ, you didn't realize how much of your future has yet to come and what it's loaded with. Loaded. I mean, if we just thought about it, let, let, let's think of some stuff. He says, You are set on his throne with him on the throne and rule over the nations. Revelation 2 He who's an overcomer sets with me on my throne as I sat on my father's throne, and you will help me rule all the nations for a thousand years, and I'll break them as a potter's vessel if they don't obey, and you will share that power with me. He told his 12 apostles to Israel. He said, hey, you'll rule over 10 cities, 
20 cities, just a little bit of raining. In the future, you're going to have a body that you can fly anywhere you want between heaven and the new earth. Uh, no death. Carrying, worshiping Christ. Uh, and imagine if you land in heaven with some other family members, what a joy that will be to never ha- be separated and, and to just be in heaven forever with your loved ones. That's why I hope you're loving them now. It's not too encouraging to some people when you can't stand them here to think you're going to be stuck with them there. That's not good news. But uh, I don't think that when you're in heaven, you'll be reminded that your unsaved parents aren't there. That would ruin heaven for us. Some way or another, he's going to blot out the memory of everything to do with a fallen world. We'll be caught up in the eternal present. The hope. Carol and I, uh, we sing at night a little bit. I'm laughing because you'd laugh too if you were there. Uh, but uh, she and I grew up with the same kinds of songs. And since Deborah used to always play the piano, and I, it just was music to my ears to have children that sang, and I love that. But uh, my wife's not one that likes to sing a lot. She plays these three songs she's played for 35 years. And uh, uh, if I hear, what a friend I, we have in Jesus, one more time. Because, uh, you know, she just loves these songs. So we'll sit around, and I play the guitar and give a little rock beat, and we sing an old hymn. And uh, we'll sing old stuff that none of you even know. I mean, it's too sacred. It's too deep. And, uh, uh, and so we'll be singing this stuff. And uh, the other night we were singing, she said, wow, we sure sang a lot of songs about heaven when we grew up, didn't we? Our people just sang all kinds of songs about heaven, about his second coming, about the rapture, about being there. She said, why, why do you think we did that? I said, we were all broke. We had no treasures in this life. Everything was on the other side. We didn't have good jobs. My dad worked as an iron worker, $1.50 an hour. Five kids, government housing. Shoot. We didn't have hardly anything. And, and as I understood it, it got better with our generation. His generation is a lot worse. But I loved it when my dad and his brothers and sisters got together. There's 10 of them. And uh, when they get to singing, even when I was unsaved, oh, man. So it would move you. My aunts were shouters. They get happy. They get to singing. I mean, this one at church, this is at our house. Hazel would play the piano. They start singing. And my grandma Howard, a little short German woman, she'd start singing with them. Boy, conviction would go through my heart. I said, I knew this much. I wasn't a Christian. But I said, I'll tell you whatever they're singing about, it's real. There's some, they look like they've already surveyed the city. It's like they just made a journey over there and looked at all the grapes. And now they're coming back to report. It was real to them. You ought to sing in your home. Even if you can't carry a tune. And you ought to sing about your hope. And then he said, you ought to be singing about your power. You ought to be praying about the power, rather. Is there enough power for you this week? He said, I wish you knew the power. And he said, well, what power? You know, we're, we had tough power shortages this summer 
all these hot days, PG and E's, we got blackouts here and brownouts there and this and that. Uh, how much power is available to a believer? Well, God says, I'm praying you'll catch on. If he could raise a dead man all the way to the third heaven, he's got enough power to help you. I wish you could see how much power is at your disposal. He said, look at it. He qualifies what the power is, you know, uh, this kind of power raised Christ from the dead. <laughs> you, got it, you want enough power? You know, it's, but guess what? I don't know what happens. We lose 2020 vision, don't we? And we become nearsighted. And we, you know, I'm nearsighted. It's terrible. I had to wreck my car to find out I was blind. <laughs> I rode a VW on Highway 4, and, and when the insurance seller took care of everything, and I said to mom, I said, you know, maybe I'd have my eyes checked. I never did see the road going that way. <laughs> and I went in there, and they had me look at the chart, and I looked this way, and the chart was there. <laughs> you know, I, there, there was a major problem. Carol and I went to a, a water exercise program. Uh, you went in the water and wear glasses. My problem is I couldn't see the instructor. I was looking at all the wrong gals, and they weren't necessarily pretty. These were old, old folks. The instructor's up here. She says, honey, it's that way. Don't tell me what to do in public. <laughs> you know, I want to look good. The boy's blind. The boy's blind. And a lot of the saints are nearsighted. They can't see hardly anything. They're just right here. All you can see is your checkbook and you're overdrawn. And you say, man, all I see is waves, Lord. You bid me come to you. Uh, 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 woo! Look at the waves. Hey, dummy, look at me. I can't see you. No, you can't see me looking at waves. You've got to lift your head. Lift up your heads. Lift up your hearts. We are not a defeated people. We are a chosen people. The saints that are going to reign over the universe someday. I remember one time John Fernandez was going to this church. And uh, he went to work for uh, Chevron. And he's out there and they're cleaning out these tanks. The coke, getting them off. And it's dirty, filthy job. One of his first jobs. Those, those early guys in this church, Steve Fernandez, those guys, the one they ever got a job. They kept saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we kept saying, we're going to get a job. So when Jesus come and said, well, you're going to die of starvation in the meantime. Get a job. And they finally did. And John was working out at Chevron, and one day a guy came up to him. He said, how are you doing everything? He says, oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to work at a place my father owns. <laughs> Guys, eyes crossed. What? Chevron? You're not kidding? He owns more than this. And the guy said, tell me. I mean, what's your worth? He said, ah, you see, my God owns all this stuff. He's in charge of everything. And I just come to him with my little cup of needs and say, could you give me some help? He said, help. How much you want? You see, God has to put a restrictor on it. There's so much. He could flood you in a minute. He has to restrict it. How much? You want a little? Rub your sink. If you could just squeeze out an inch. He said, I can do exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or think. You know, I, I was coming to our broadcast a few weeks back. I asked God at the stop sign, give us some indication that someone's listening to the broadcast, that we're not just wasting their time. I get to the office. There's a letter from a guy, uh, a check, and uh, 
So we knew, know somebody was there. God answered my prayer. I mean, I just prayed it at the stop sign. I'm, I'm coming to, uh, we're doing the broadcast with the men. So, I mean, I got an answer within three blocks. And so uh, uh, then I get in there and share this moving story. And, and Rich says, could you put me on your prayer list right there at that stop sign? Pray God to give me a million. I'm afraid to ask it because I think God could do it. And I said, I want God to give me a million. But there's more power. We'll look at the power of the Holy Spirit next week. We look at what does a spirit-filled church look like. And then I hope you'll start using the language. And I hope that you'll start praying, God, make us a spirit-filled church. Could you stand it? Could you stand a spirit-filled church? Could you stand for anyone to know that you went to a spirit-filled church? That means some of you are going to have to get right. For us all to be spirit-filled, I want to tell you what it is. And it's exciting. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Yes.